When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Mantha Milk Podcast, Around the Degeric Table, two new guests, four new questions. Here we go. Intro music. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, but nothing like podcasting, right? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bantha Milk Presents Around the Degeric Table, a roundtable discussion discussing uh, the greatest movie and TV series of all time, Star Wars. Each episode, we invite two new friends to the show to come on with questions, and we all discuss each of the four questions. I'm your host, Rob, and every episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Tom. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Robert. Uh, I'm still waiting for my first paycheck from the first four shows. All right. Well, so you be checking my mail every day. You keep waiting for that. And okay, I will. when it comes, let me know, because mine has yet to come, and we've been doing <laughs> the regular podcast for many years now. Uh, we are joined by two very special guests today, a father-daughter combo. Boom, boom, look <laughs> at that. Two separate podcasts, uh, two separate people. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, first we have Mike <laughs> uh, from the Inflatable Falcon podcast. Mike, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Mike from the Inflatable Falcon podcast, um, also known to the Star Wars people around here as Zoe Hinton and Sappy Hinton's uh, chauffeur and father. Um, <laughs> when they were little, you know, I, they were like, who's bringing the Jawas? Um, but then uh, I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life since I saw it in 77. I've raised my kids with all the Star Wars principles I could pack into raising two children. Um and then I've helped Zoe become Sabine and my other daughter, Saffron, become triple zero. So if I'm not doing a podcast, I'm usually building something. Um, that's me. That's in awesome. A, in a you're, Star also, Wars you're also in the 501st, which is very excellent. Yes, I'm a stormtrooper in the 501st since 07. That's so cool. Um, you build a lot of things. I, there's For anybody who can watch on the YouTube, there's uh, all kinds of stuff behind them. Did you build all those helmets back there? Some. Some, some like uh, the all the Sabines, except for this one, I painted. That one came from um, Dianovos. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I, I mold and cast, but I don't do those. And then these are Hasbro helmets. But okay. yes, I, I make and paint and... I've made an entire protocol droid of the triple zero, which is probably the longest that took 14 months to build. That's so. awesome. I, uh, I always wanted to, I see the, the people who have built the giant droids and, um, always at conventions and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. I would love to have the patience and the, uh, just, oomph to do all of that because it's awesome and it's so cool and i love anybody who does 
takes her Star Warsing to the next level. And speaking of taking the Star Warsing to the next level, that's our second guest, Zoe. Uh, so uh, tell us, please, Star Wars Geek Girl Podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm very impressed. We've had some pretty famous people on the show, I, w- I will admit. And you are up there with with the top of the top. So go ahead. Tell us all about yourself, Zoe. Go ahead. Well, I'm Zoe. I host the Star Wars Geek Girl podcast with Lizzie. And I'm 22 now. She's almost 22. She keeps making fun of me until she'll turn 22. Um, we started the podcast when we were 15 or 15, 14 back in 2015. Um, before that, I was in this fight since I was six years old. Well, Cassian quote. Uh, the fight being <laughs> trooping. I was a Jawa. Um, trooping with the Galactic Academy for the 501st. Uh, my Galactic Academy number was 00098. So, got it on the ground floor, pretty much. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, I was a Jawa, and I, as I got, you know, a little past Jawa height, um, not as much as I wanted to necessarily but i got into uh sabine costumes um and so now in the mandalorian mercs and rebel legion i also got soka all sorts of stuff um but yeah i've been podcasting since 2015 so through all the movies that have come out through most of the shows the seasons of shows that have come out um recently and i was trying to focus on spreading positivity and appreciating the galaxy far far away I don't That's use awesome. Star Wars to inspire me creatively. You can sort of see if you're watching on YouTube. I've got Sabine paintings. I just paint my walls. Like That was my COVID project, just painting Sabine stuff on my walls um, and creating all sorts of things and to encourage me every day. That's awesome. That's so much fun. I'm uh, very happy that you were able to join us, both of you. This is going to be a fun show. Um, as you know, we have four questions. Each one of us thought very hard, long and hard on a very awesome the most awesome of questions that we could come up with i wanted to use the word awesome as many times in one sentence and i did a pretty good job there uh so we all have um i was impressed i was when i'm looking at these questions every week i feel like every person who joins us is is taking it up another notch and another notch before you know it, the questions are going to be so hard to even figure out an answer to there's only going to be one correct answer uh by the way as i tell all of our guests the only correct answer is my answer so just as long as you know that, we can all agree on that. We'll be very happy. Um, so let's uh, let's jump right into it, shall we? Yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. So I'll start off this week uh, with uh, the first question. Um, so the Force has changed over the years. We went from it being an almost aura around people to the select few to the good old midi-chlorine uh, conversation from the prequels. Uh, all the way to Broom Boy, where, oh, look, another person, to now it's something that anybody can learn, apparently, if they try hard enough. So which is right, or more specifically, which theory do you like best? Because I don't know if there is a right answer to this, but which of these is your favorite theory? So, Mike, go ahead. You get to answer this hard question first, and then we can all disagree with you. Okay. Well, yeah, this this was one of those ones where, so I think back of Obi-Wan talking to Luke, and how it surrounds us and maybe the aura. But I, I, but to me, that doesn't negate any of the other theories. Like, like I was one of those people, I didn't mind midichlorians. I, my opinion is it surrounds us all. And what makes it really cool about it, if everyone has it, then only those who know how to use it right have the power. And 
My only disagreement with the Force, I have, I, I love everything Star Wars doing, is I do wish, spoiler for those that didn't see Ahsoka, I wish when Sabine pulled the lightsaber to her, she would have used a Mando gauntlet. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, that, that's my that's my only gripe. But but I, I but I do like that everyone can tap into that potential. Yeah, um, you know. So I know there's a lot of people my age that really didn't like Broom Boy, but I didn't mind Broom Boy either. I didn't so. mind Broom Boy either. No. <laughs> All right, Zoe, uh, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I always go back to the very first thing we learned about the Force in A New Hope was that it surrounds all of us and it is in every creature, every living organism. Um, then, you know, some people are going to be more naturally adept to it, like your Luke Skywalkers, your Rays, whether that's genetics or even just people who randomly got chosen to have the Force, like your Ezra's uh, or your Obi-Wan's um, don't have that, like, genetic predisposition. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not within all the other people. Um, I personally really like Chirrut was a, to me a great example of someone who wasn't that natural force sensitive. who wasn't, you know, didn't have it inherently like powerfully in him, but was still able to learn and train to connect with it. Um, even if he wasn't, you know, throwing stuff around. Uh, and then I think, you know, with Sabine, um, personally I would have, like to see her maybe go more non-traditional route of maybe being a Jedi without using the force as powerfully as she did. But I, um, I appreciate the intent of, you know, it's like if the force is within everyone, then why can't everyone use it? Even if it just takes a lot more work for some people than others, you know, and Sabine, even though we only saw a episode of the show, um, (laughs) they told us, you know, Sabine had trained for years and years with Ahsoka and only just now was able to, connect with it in that really dire moment uh for the first time so yeah and and to add to your point uh, there's so many different facets of the force that every single force user is going to use it differently Mm -hmm. so it doesn't all have to be used the same way yeah and i i think we see that with like you know your quinlan voss and cal kestis who like are naturally good at psychometry you know and like Grogu, who just has a natural knack for force healing, even though it took Ray and Ben a while to like figure that out, you know. So I don't know who raised this nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, what did you think? <laughs> so I'm kind of with the two of you that uh, you know I, I wasn't a total fan of the man- midichlorian idea, um, but I like the fact that it's mysterious. It, it, no one knows. I mean, the force is all around us, but not everyone's in tune to the force. So I. I'm kind of like a mix of all three of the things that Rob talked about. So I I do like that family heritage does matter, kind of like the Skywalkers. Um, But there's no guarantee that every family member will be in tune with that force. Um, I I like that bloodlines matter. Um, Whether that relates to midichlorians or not, like genetics, I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so that even somebody like broom boy i i guess could be a jedi because it's just you never know um he obviously was in tune with the force but i don't even know if he knew he had it he just instinctively could could do things that jedis could do um so i'm kind of like a i'm torn on this I, i i think it's just a mix of everything that rob talked about um it's just a little bit of everything what if so, Broomboy is just a good janitor? 
<laughs> or a magician. He actually had like or that a magician. Thing yeah. in he was just, you know, pretending. Oh, like Haja in Obi-Wan Kenobi. He just has all the magnets and everything everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not really a Jedi. And that was fun when I just rewatched the Obi-Wan Kenobi series over the weekend. And uh, and it was fun when he was like, yeah, you got magnets here, there, there. And he's like, oh, no, don't hurt me. But yeah, it would be like that. Uh, all right. So now for the real answer. Uh, <laughs> I wish I knew that was coming. You know, it was coming. Um, I also did not mind Broom Boy at all because I liked the fact that, you know, they the uh, Empire was trying to get rid of all the Jedi. They were wiping them all out. And, oh, look, they didn't. You can't wipe it out because the force is around everybody that somebody else is going to start to learn how to use it. So uh, I did like that. Um, I did note that, in my opinion anyway, I feel like the midi-chlorine theory came about in a time when science was talking about nanobots and stuff. So they were like, oh, maybe, you know, I can see where George Lucas might have been thinking like, oh, nanobots, midi-chlorines will do this. Um, but then even with um, Grogu in the first season of The Mandalorian, they were talking about his M counts being so high. So uh, that leaning back again to the midi-chlorine theory, but then also the aura and all the stuff. Nick, my co-host of the regular show, loves the fact that Sabine is now learning how to use the Force and proving that anybody who tries hard enough can become a Jedi or at least a force a user. And we also have the other people like the, um, the night sisters and all that who are able to use the force in different ways, not necessarily the way a Jedi can, or um, who was the, the blind guy. He was force sensitive as well. Um, Chira, who yeah. uh, Zoe was talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, so like how he can, he can use it in different ways as well. So, I, I'm I wanted to talk myself out of liking the anybody can be a force user, but I think I'm actually talking myself into liking it um, <laughs> because it, the way Nick explains it, you know, it's like a professional football player in elementary school, you know, millions of kids in America play football, but by the time you get to the professional level, there's only, you know, 42 people on 30 teams. So there's only 300 and whatever professional football players out of the millions that start. So why can't it be the same thing with the force where everybody has the potential? You just have to want to work hard enough or, you know, some football players, like you see the quarterbacks who can throw the ball 80 yards without even like trying you know, you hear stories of them when they were in elementary school. They were throwing at 60 yards in fifth grade where all the other kids could barely throw at 10. So that could be your your Skywalkers who are just more naturally in tune to it. But so, does that take the mystery out of the force? Yeah, that's that'd that's be my awesome. problem with it. Like as a kid growing up, I, I love that the force was this mysterious thing that nobody really knew what it was or how to describe it. And I think if you made it to where, oh, you just work hard and, and you've got it, I think that takes the mystery away. See, I always thought of it more like magic. Like at the same time I was in the Star Wars, I was in the Dungeon Dragon. So I was like getting beat up by everybody, you know, back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what was nice what was nice about D D was they had um 
you have magic that people just could control. And so that th- it comes down to like like your dogma, like you have your Jedi who weren't 100% right, or right. you have your Sith weren't who weren't 100% right, and then you have your Night Sisters, like it's it's almost like it's it's free for the taking if you just it kind of the sports analogy goes really well yeah. in the sense that I mean, I see it in, in my job. Every kid wants to be a football player until they have to go to football practice. Right. <laughs> you know? Or even, you know, when football practice is over, that they have to do a little bit more work. They, uh, I'd just rather go home and, you know, watch TikTok instead, you know? So, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And that's that's where the people who become the force users are like, okay, I just had force practice. Now I'm going to actually practice on my own. So, um, and, and- and I think the midi- midi-chlorians was one of those things that was easy. They, were, I think they were trying to put it something in the movie that Qui-Gon could pick pick out for, like something he could pick Anakin out. Like if they would have probably even changed a different word, like yeah. if they would have said M count, yeah, they probably wouldn't have had the same taste in some people's mouths as midi- midi-chlorians did. Right, exactly. Which is why I think when they did it with Grogu, they were like, let's try to change it still keep it but change it and see how people feel about it and uh and i think it did have a have a different effect on people um because it wasn't midi chlorines so um yeah all right well i guess it's uh still up for debate but uh but i think we came to a pretty good conclusion there uh all right mike it's your turn to ask your question all right this this was a lot of pressure on me over the weekend so i bet It said, uh, if there was an in-universe nature show similar to Croc Hunter, uh, who would you want to be the host in the universe, in-universe host, and um, where would you want the first episode to take place? So, Zoe, you've heard me talk about this question a few times. What do you think? (laughs) Well, first, I do have to flex a little nerd knowledge. There is an in-universe nature show. It's hosted by SFR3 uh, from the Star Wars Kids channel, and he was in Young Jedi Adventures. So I do have to flex that before I say my answer. Um, well, I there you go. <laughs> Questions over now. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll but, hang up my. <laughs> um, I would actually go with. Sorry. Oh, it's, it's this is a time when we dance. This is yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. I apologize. Go ahead, Zoe. <laughs> um, I would actually want to say Boba Fett. Um, because I really enjoyed in the book of Boba Fett, his, um, his interactions with like animals and creatures, whether it was like the lizard that went up his nose or the banthas or his rancor. I really so enjoyed old Boba, it. right? Old Boba. That, that's who you'd want rather than yeah. younger Boba. Okay. Oh yeah. Old Boba. I just, I thought all those interactions were really fun. Um, and he like had this kind of, like, especially with the rancor, it's like kind of awe and respect for it that I think would be, would translate well to like a very like Steve Irwin-ish kind of thing. Um, and also I just love old Tamara Morrison's voice. It's like very soothing. <laughs> He's a great voice. Um, and I guess I wanted to start um, probably on Tatooine, you know, start at the source. But I will say my second choice would probably be Ezra Bridger, starting on Luthal. Okay. I like it. There's some good answers there. <laughs> Tom, what do you think? <laughs> uh, good choice. Ezra was in my top three when I was thinking about this question. Um, but I think I'd have to go with Yoda. Now, you have to stay with me. Not 
uh, episodes one through three, Yoda. Empire Strikes Back Yoda, when Luke first arrived at the planet. The goofy, silly Yoda. That And, and it's going to be totally be a kid show. Um, that's the kind of show that I, I'd want to see, even though it's a kid show, I'm like a big kid. I'd want to see that kind of goofy Yoda talking about the animals. Um, I was thinking a good place to start might be Dagobah, you know, because he would obviously, you know, he lived there so long. But I thought of a better place. And playing Star Wars Galaxies made me think of this place. Um, the first episode is going to be the creatures of Dathomir, where everything wants to kill you. <laughs> like Australia. Star Wars Australia. Dathomir is the Australia of the Star Wars universe. That's it. That's uh, so that, that would be my choice. Uh, Rob, what do you think? All right. So I went a little bit different. Uh, and I, I made sure I put it in so nobody would steal my answer. And so far, you guys haven't. So I like that. Uh, I first off, I thought Lando uh, because he's and I want to see like a old David Letterman stupid pet tricks or even um, I wrote it down. Brian Fellows from SNL. Um, if you saw Brian Fellows, he was he was an animal lover, but he knew nothing about any of the animals whatsoever. And it was that was the whole funny part about it. He's like, and he was constantly he's like why is that why is that raccoon looking at me what's that raccoon want why tell him to stop looking at me but i want to see like lando because he's so like cool and whatever but totally the way dave letterman hated doing stupid pet tricks and hated especially when they're animals so they're not going to do the right thing but when when they were doing the wrong thing he would just get so angry and so and i can see lando doing the same thing and like we're going to have a rancor that can do a backflip. And then when it just like lays down, he'll be like, come on, like this is our show here, whatever. Um, so that's what I was thinking. Uh, you were going to say something like, <laughs> no, no. I, when you were sitting, when I read yours this morning or whenever I read it, I was thinking of when, um, Johnny Carson used to have the animals and it would always go horribly wrong. Yeah. Which I guess, that really dates me, but yeah. Uh-huh. And that was awesome as well. Like I remember that all, and he would like always sit back from his desk and be like, Whoa, what's going on? Or, you know, when the animals, of course, they're always like pooping all over the stage and he's like, bah! you know, he's like throwing a fit or whatever. Yes. So I want to see that. And it doesn't have to be on a planet because, you know, it's a stupid pet trick type of thing. So they're going to bring the animals to them. So it could be done in the void or the volume. I think it's called the volume. So just be this just big sound stage, whatever. And uh, I think it would crush on on Star Wars television on uh, Star Wars channel channel one, kind of like BBC one, or just like crush. It'd just be perfect. Uh, Rob, so about Lando, I I totally see Lando doing that show. But you have Lando as like a David Letterman, like he's always kind of like grouchy about the animals or whatever and things going wrong i see lando as like i've always seen lando as like a cheap car salesman he's uh -huh. always trying to sell you something yep. so i can totally see him with the, that weird personality trying almost like he's trying to sell you these animals yeah like trying to huh? sell you what's great about these animals and i could totally see lando doing that i think it's, it's a really good choice that as well yeah yeah, I think yeah that, that's awesome. the space home shopping network Yes. yes, yes. Lando would be great at that. At, at five o'clock every day, it would be capes, capes from around yeah. the galaxy. Yeah. 
He'd have a cake for every animal. He would. He would have a different. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike, it's your question. You're the last one to go. So I hope yours is a showstopper. Here we go. Well, I don't know if mine's a showstopper because when I wrote the question, Zoe's heard me say this before. I I always like Hondo. Okay. Uh huh. So I was I was thinking Hondo, and then I changed my mind because I was I was looking at old pictures of New Hope, and I went to Boshek, the guy from the bar that um he's just like long sideburn looking uh-huh. he looks like and i pictured it my mind started wandering and i pictured boshek having a crew of like jawas and doing all these shows starting a tatooine and every show some of his jawas get eaten by whatever you know like <laughs> like like he's talking about the sarlacc and jaw like in behind him he's not watching like jawas are slipping in the sound man's going down the tube you know they're, they're talking about banthas and the jawas getting run over run over by one oh yeah. that's so funny that is like a, like a carnival like gone bad every single time Right, and he's not aware of it. And he's like, not aware he's, of it. He's just like, uh-huh. oh, and look at the majestic banthas, and then you see it like two of his sound little Jawas with boom mics and trampled. It sounds like the Muppet Show from when we were younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where everything would just go wrong. Just going wrong yeah. every time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great one as well. I liked it. I like that a lot. Then I would start mine at Tatooine. Tatooine, it, it's it's if if there's a question about a planet, Tatooine is almost always my first answer. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, me and the girls went to Death Valley to see okay. some of the locations. Oh, that's awesome! It's made it even better. I bet. I bet that's... Yeah, we have sand from there. I don't know if that. Oh, even cooler! That's awesome. And we got to overlook Mos Eisley. So oh, if you go to if you go to Dante's, what is it called? Dante's something. Peak. Dante's view. Dante's I don't know. Peak and it looks like even without the building superimposed, just because of the sand and the color, it looks like it's right there. That's so cool. That is very and it was 125 cool. degrees. <laughs> but it was a dry heat. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't humid. <laughs> it wasn't humid. No, but if you had your phone out for more than five minutes, it would burn. It would, burn. Uh, it would it'd light up and be like, it's too hot. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. I, I love when people are like, yeah, but it's a dry heat. Not like out here. I'm like, when it's 125 degrees, I don't care how dry it is. It's still 125 <laughs> degrees. Oh, it was. We, we went through a case of water in the day we drove around and we barely got out of the van. Just, just even running the air conditioning. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's like Death Valley is the size of Connecticut, so you can't go see it all. Right, right. It's I so would crazy. recommend go to the Star Wars locations. Right, Zoe? I- yeah, definitely. There's, uh, It's like an ancient, ancient article on StarWars.com you have to dig for, but they have an article, and it's, um, it's a map that'll take you through all the locations that were shot there, and it's marked. Just make sure you download it on your phone because you will not have service in <laughs> Death Valley. <laughs> Yeah. So make sure you download it and take all your screenshots or whatever you need before you get. I mean, I mean they haven't put up a whole bunch of cell towers all around Death Valley to uh, to increase reception. I don't think. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> all right, I Zoe. Thought, I thought uh, I had read a story or just seen a story um, from. It wasn't Dave Filoni, um, and I always forget his name. Who's his, who's the other guy? Favreau? John Favreau. Favreau, yeah, John Favreau. Um, he was telling the story that when they went to redo some scenes, they couldn't find the location of the original New Hope. Did, have well, you guys they, seen that? Yeah, they probably should have looked on the article. They need They had to go back to some old like article or something that wrote about exactly where the location was to, in order to find the location. They couldn't find it. 
Yeah, we found the washout from where Jabba's palace is, where the R2 and 3PO go up. We found that. Mm -hmm. oh, some of them, some of them, like you had to be looking the exact right way with your head tilted the right way. To, <laughs> you, you know. If you're this way, it doesn't look like it. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> the easy ones were the Boba, was the the Jabba's palace and the overlook of Mos Eisley. Those, those you, you knew exactly what you're looking at. The other ones... You, you kind of just like, yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> so it was it was the same guy that went over there and found all these locations, wasn't it? Right. Because George Lucas never documented exactly where these locations were. Yeah, I don't I don't know because in in Death Valley, I don't know how they marked them, and then I don't know what they did in Tunisia. No, like the ones in Tunisia, right? Yeah. The ones in Tunisia. Yeah, someone must have went. I mean, they left a lot of the props there too. So they, yeah, they just left everything, and they didn't. They they just up and left, and they never actually documented where those locations were, and they were like lost in history for fifteen twenty years. And yeah. then some guy it could have been the same guy that wrote those articles went and he documented. He searched and searched and searched. He talked to all the locals and got all the locations of all the um all of those scenes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's 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 why Star Wars is so great because fans care that much. Yeah, you know? and that's what he was. He was a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I uh, I also love talking about the Tunisia. The when they were building the sand crawler, that um, one of the neighboring countries, I forget which one it was, but they were like, um, "Why are you putting all these military vehicles close to our border?" What's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and oh, they're I like, oh, "No, no, no, we're they're filming a movie. I promise, we're not going to invade." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is yeah it's 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 remarkable what got made when you read that stuff and you're wondering man how did they ever even get that made yeah <laughs> oh yeah it was crazy so, all right well that's two questions down yes. we're halfway there so uh we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and then we'll be back and zoe's gonna have our next uh our next question another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. I uh, hope you bought that product in that commercial, whatever it was. Mike said he's going to buy three of them. Yeah, he's really yeah. excited about it. So <laughs> thanks, Mike, for supporting the show. Uh, all right, Zoe, it's your turn. What do you got for us? So let's say you're with someone who has never seen any Star Wars before, and then you finally get to show them something Star Wars. You have every movie and show on DVD with you, even the ones that didn't get DVD releases yet, except you forgot to bring A New Hope and The Phantom Menace you have no Wi-Fi, so you can't say Disney Plus. What are you going to watch with them? All right, so I guess I'm up first. So this actually happened to me before. So I'm a teacher. I taught fourth grade for 21 years. Um, and this one year, I guess it was just before the episode seven came out, The Force Awakens. So Star Wars wasn't in its revival. It, it had been years since the prequels came out. And so I had this class that, that they I felt like none of them were Star Wars fans. There might have been two or three kids that have seen Star Wars out of like 25. And I'm like, no, this is this is bad parenting. 
Your parents should have seen, made sat you down and watched Star Wars. So I told them the last day of school, I was going to strap them down and make them watch Star Wars. And my dilemma was, what, which one of the six should I make them watch? I mean, you could make cases for to start right at the beginning with, with episode four. Uh, so I didn't know what to do. So I figured the best one was my favorite one was um, Return of the Jedi. Um, because Return of the Jedi had lots of action in it. It had a good story. Um, it had the cute teddy bear Ewoks for some of the kids who, you know, just like the cute teddy bears. Um, and, you know, you you could kind of watch episode six without seeing the others and kind of know what's going on. And even the kids that didn't like Star Wars knew that about Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. So they understood that whole final lightsaber battle. The reviews were mixed after I showed it. So I had some kids demand that they're never, ever showing Star Wars. They're never, ever watching another Star Wars movie ever again. And it was really boring. Um, but I, I think I made some lifelong Star Wars fans. There were some kids that said, I, you know, over the summer, they watched every single Star Wars movie. Um, I had one kid that said that first weekend they got home after the last day of school. They watched every Star Wars movie and they still talk about Star Wars if I see them. So um, for me, it would be Return of the Jedi would be my opener to someone that hasn't seen Star Wars before. Um, Rob. Well, your opinion, you took my answer, so I'm done. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I also think for someone who's never seen it. Now, the funny thing is my son is 19. His favorite movie uh, of the Star Wars movies is the second one is episode two because he loves the uh, Darth Maul lightsaber battles and how intense and how amazing they look compared to the lightsaber battles of four, five and six, uh, just because of the time frame of when they were made, they were able to make such better battles and things like that. He could not that he could care less about four five and six, but to him, he's like, Oh, whatever they're slow and they're old. And I'm like, yeah. And, and I made him watch them numerous times. Like he's a star Wars fan, but he, he really loves the action that's in episode two. Um, so I think if it's like a younger kid, you want to try and impress them. You're going to impress them with those giant lightsaber battles in two and, and even three. But, um, for 90% of the people that have never seen it, I would say return of the Jedi as well, because it is the big climax to the original three of the original three. It's the one that has the most updated special effects and graphics and all that good stuff. And even after, you know, the digital remastering of it, which we had uh, Mark uh, Anthony Austin on the show who worked at ILM and he was Boba Fett in A New Hope when they added that scene back in with Jabba the Hutt. He was the guy walking through as Boba Fett. So, yeah, so that's his like big claim to fame. But he he did all the special effects, the digital adding in the character, adding in the monsters, the animals, I guess, into the scenes and stuff. And he, he hated it. He was like, we're ruining this. This is shouldn't, you shouldn't be going back and doing this over and over again. So I um, like the new Tatooine. I like that, that when they added that. Yeah, I thought so too. Like I thought it, it brought more to it. It gave it more life and, and it made it a little bit better. And in my opinion, like this is what George wanted to do. He just didn't have the time or the technology to actually do it the first time. 
So, so then make new Star Wars movies. <laughs> you don't have to go back and change the classics. I'd love to see new George Lucas Star Wars movies. <laughs> uh, I want to see, well, it was actually, if you watched all the behind the scenes stuff, it was George Lucas's wife who was the heart of those movies that True. really uh, gave it the heart and soul of those, those three stories. So I want to see her version of new Star Wars movies because they would be really, really good. Um, so yeah, so long story short, Return of the Jedi for a lot of the same reasons that Tom said, it's got everything you want. It's got good versus bad. It's got good winning at the end where empire, you don't know what's going to happen at the end. It has Muppets. It has, uh, teddy bears destroying the bad guys. So it has all that good stuff in it. And at the end, everybody's dancing and there's fireworks and there's celebration and everybody's happy at the end. So I would, I too would say, uh, Return of the Jedi, Let's see if Mike's sticking with uh, the original trilogy or not. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to break from the original trilogy because I was, I was a toss up on these, and um, my first, my, my first go to was um, Solo. And okay. Then, and then I thought about it even more, um, and I, I landed on Rogue One, and the reason I landed on Rogue One was, um, I felt like it give a taste for everything. Like it give you really cool space battles. Yeah, it give you. It didn't give you Jedi, but it give you Jedi adjacent characters. It give you a heroine and a hero. Uh, it give you the big evil empire, and then it give you just enough Darth Vader, like to just really show how bad he was. And I feel like that would that give enough that it could probably catch anyone. Like to oh maybe I, I like like everything in that movie you could be like. Well, I want to know more about this guy, or I want to know more about this guy, and you know, so that that was my thought process for uh, Rogue One. Um, That's a good choice. Rogue, Rogue One had the best final um, third of any of the Star Wars movies. I mean, that last that last twenty five minutes, yeah, was oh, phenomenal. And- Even without Darth Vader coming in at the end, that just oh, right, kept it off. Right. That was the icing on the cake. Like when they had the like when they had the hammerhead Corvettes come in and push the 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 ion cannon knocks out the de- the one yeah. ship and they had to push it. Well, there's the references right there to every movie, like ion, like yeah. Jawas have ion blasters. The hammerhead Corvettes, I think, came up in Rebels, right, Zoe? They, yeah, they were in A New Hope, but they were explained in Rebels. Yeah, I mean those those little pusher ships, you yeah. know, all that all that stuff. It just and then and then because I'm a costumer, like all like if I had to pick a movie that has some of the best costumes, I don't I'm not a big fan of the Rogue One Stormtroopers because of the I don't like the USB port in their stomach. But besides <laughs> that <laughs> besides that, I, I like the looks of their all their troopers. Um the the they took those old scenes from New Hope that were cut and put them in the cockpit shots of the yeah, the, all that stuff. Yeah, that was cool. I just and I, and I think as as much as the CGI is getting better, but the Tarkin was nice. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't off putting like you know, like people were making it out to be. So I just think that would that would be mine. So the, the only downfall to that movie is everything looks so good, and the CGI was so good, and the graphics and everything. And then if you're like a big fan and you go right from that right into a New Hope. Then you go to a movie that was filmed 30, 40 years prior. Mm-hmm. To it. You're like, oh, yeah. you know, but 
Yeah. But and that would be the only thing I can see somebody who's never watched Star Wars then go, wait, you just showed me this awesome movie and now this one looks nothing like that. But this comes mm-hmm. after that. That's when you have to explain everything to them about, you know, yeah. when George made it and all. But yeah, I, I was thinking of going with either uh of the satellite movies or even um like Andor, the series was amazing. Like I would even like want to show them that because it has just enough Star Wars in it that you know it's Star Wars, but at the yep. same time, it's so grounded that it could be just any war documentary or any war series, TV series, and you're like, oh, wait, they're using blasters and not M16s or whatever, you know? So, right. Well, and if you expanded the question, if you said, how do you show someone who doesn't want to watch Star Wars? Uh-huh. That's, what, that's where Andor would come That's in. where Andor comes in, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, this it's, is like Panda Brothers 3. Just just watch it. Just watch <laughs> it. Oh, you don't want to watch Star Wars? That's fine. We'll watch this show instead. It's it's Star Wars adjacent. You'll like it, you know, and then yeah. suddenly they're hooked, and you're like, ah, it was Star Wars all along. All right, I'm sorry. We, we, we uh, took uh, Mike's answer and exploded on it, and poor Zoe's stuck here. Well, yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's, it's up to you, Zoe. <laughs> Yeah, I will say I knew a girl in high school who went to see Rogue One when it came out without having seen any of the other movies, and she had really enjoyed it. So I wouldn't have picked Rogue One, but I think that would be a good answer. Um, my answer was actually, and it would be a little dependent, like you said, it kind of depends if someone that maybe would be into more of an Andor, if it's like a younger kid, I might even start them on like Clone Wars or something. But my answer would be The Mandalorian. Uh, Because it drops you in. You don't really need to know much else in season one, at least. Uh, You get Mandalorian, good, you know, Stormtrooper action. You get some Force. You get cute little Grogu. Uh, So that was was my answer. Because I think it shows, you know, they have the mix of some of those, like, obvious practical effects that, you know, have that charm of the original trilogy while still being modern uh, with some other technology. And I think it that, to me, if I couldn't pick A New Hope, because it's usually my answer... I would pick Mandalorian as a good entry point. Yeah, I I would think that a lot of kids, and I would have to, you know, I could just go into school tomorrow and ask my kids. I would think there's a lot of kids that got into Mandalorian without seeing Star Wars at all. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd my, have to ask them. Because my, my classroom is nothing but Star Wars posters. It's been that for 10, 15 years. But when um, the Mandalorian hit, kids started knowing stuff. Yes. Yeah. Like and, I have and, Grogu. They have to. Ca- I have uh, twenty six Grogu's in my room somewhere. That's awesome. so once in a while, I'll just say, "Tell me how many Grogu's are in my room." <laughs> that, yeah, and like the fact that, and that I feel the Mandalorian is what really kept new uh, new Disney Plus stuff alive because it came out and it was almost all new star Wars stuff. Even when they had the IG unit, it wasn't IG. Uh, what's the other old one? Uh, 88. Yeah, it was IG, uh, it was IG 11 instead of I or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so it was like, it was like a whole different IG unit. Um, and there were star Wars, bad guys, uh, you know, empire bad guys around, but there wasn't Darth Vader. There wasn't Luke Skywalker. Uh, and then, of course, like you said, there was a cute little Grogu that everybody fell in love with, which is the reason I think the Mandalorian has done so well versus the other Disney plus Star Wars shows because Grogu was such a hit. Like, 
how many baby Yodas were being sold before we even knew what his name was. Yep. You know, like yep. on our show, Nick and I were just calling him Norman because we didn't know what his name was. So, we're like, <laughs> Norman. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a great, and I love the Mandalorian. It, to me, the Mandalorian. We thought we were going to get a Boba Fett series, and then we got the Mandalorian, which was the cool version of the Boba Fett series without it being Boba Fett. And then we get old dad bod Boba Fett instead, instead of the Boba Fett that was the one that Darth Vader said, you know, no disintegration to you. You know, like, who is this guy? You know, the guy that we fell in love with. Now, I I did enjoy the new Boba Fett series, but I think the Mandalorian series was probably what the Boba Fett series should have been. You know, but they did it with all new characters instead. So I, I agree. Uh, Zoe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good. I, I always looked at it as if they wouldn't have done the Mandalorian, they would have had to do Boba Fett like that. Yeah. And in some ways, I, I, I would have liked that Boba Fett. But now, after having the Mandalorian, I'm glad we got the other Boba Fett as well. Right. Right. Because, like, you know, I had the Boba, I mailed away for the Boba Fett. I got nice. the mail order Boba Fett. <laughs> And um, there was no series they were going to make that was going to be as good as the Boba Fett that I played with before I even saw Empire Strikes Back. Exactly. 100%. And I think that was a good choice of theirs to just, hey, let's just make a new character. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, I think it was a risk. Was... It was it was definitely a risk. Yeah. But it but it paid off. And oh, we, we, when we saw, was that Chicago, Zoe, when they showed us the, the trailer? Yeah, Chicago, they, when they first they like, announced the all the stuff. The, the people were going nuts for it. Oh yeah, like just, just for the few glimpses we got. Uh huh. And I mean, like, I I'm a big Star Wars Lego person, so I bought the the Razor Crest. I got it for Christmas, and then like two episodes later, they blow it up, and I'm like, it's okay. They're gonna bring back another, and they haven't brought it back yet. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> the day they blew it up, I had just bought the Nerf blaster and the Haslab. <laughs> <laughs> and the Haslab Razor Crest, like the day they blew it up, I the just day they blew it up. You're like, oh, yeah. I wanted to. I I love watching those Lego videos where then they like drop it and they shatter it in a thousand pieces. I was so tempted to do that, but I knew there was going to be one piece that I couldn't find when I put it back together again, and I didn't want to have the incomplete Razor Crest, so I never dropped it the way they that blew it up again. Yeah, I I love that shape. I think that's such yeah. a uh, all right, so we did a lot of bantering after that. So, Tom, you go away with us. Take us away on the last question. All right, so other than a lightsaber, which obviously everybody would choose, um, what weapon are you wielding as you make your way through the galaxy? Let's go to Robert, our host. You're up first. <laughs> so I uh, I was really thinking about this because this, this was a good question as well. Uh, and I'm like, hmm, what are some good things? And, and that's when I thought of Mando and all of the Mandalorians. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the what who what is the, the closest thing to a Swiss Army knife in Star Wars uh, in the Star Wars universe? And I was like, the Mandalorian gauntlets are the Swiss Army knife of weapons. So. You know, some of them, they had knives in there. So when they, you know, they get uh, tied up, they can they can cut themselves free. 
of course, you got Mando's flamethrower. I was like documenting every time he used a flamethrower because who doesn't want a flamethrower on their wrist at all times? That's so awesome. Uh, the whistling bluebirds, like you can put anything you want into there. You can call your ship or IG-11. You know, you can call anybody. Hey, come pick me up, whatever. So the fact that they can be built into doing anything that you want, um, that's what I would have. There's the uh, the Swiss Army knife of Star Wars. Um, so that's that's the correct answer. We're done now. Mike, <laughs> you got Well, my first answer was going to be triple zero. But you can't really wield triple zero. If I, if I had to walk around in the Star Wars universe and I only had one weapon, it would probably be triple zero. But to, to, to the true intent of the question, um, I would want a DL-44, but I would want the Han Solo modifications. Okay. I, re- I remember from, I don't know if it was the West End games or the Decipher card games or something like that, that they said his was like, overly modified and highly illegal you know? <laughs> so i i just and and that goes back to just when i was a kid when i first saw star wars i had an old western holster that i pretended i was han solo i put string on it tight i would get home from school and strap that thing on i was way too old to be doing that but that's just that was you know i mean it's after getting beat up for playing D and uh right. watching star wars well um, tom and i made a video when when i first learned how to use uh photoshop and uh and the video editing and all that stuff we were it was my second year teaching we're in his backyard with sticks doing lightsabers so that i could draw lines He's over doing the rotoscoping oh. yeah oh man that's that's a nightmare isn't it yeah so uh you don't have to worry about in this in this realm here of being yeah. to do something this is a safe realm this is a safe realm. we're not going to beat you up over that i guarantee but yeah i would go with the dl44 now uh, did you have the dl44 for your holster I did not at the time. I I eventually got that like when I was out of school, but I had a, it was a blue, all I remember is a blue Colt 45 army issue toy gun. This was before they put orange tips on them and stuff. And I just, I took, I sanded everything off so it would just go into holster smooth. <laughs> and it, it just, it was just, you know, it was dumb. I like, I would just put it on and just walk around the house. Carrying oh, yeah. it, I'm you sure know. you found a vest also that you put on as well. I, I did have a vest. Um, I think it was a cut off army shirt. I just cut the sleeves off of an okay. army shirt. There you go. My grand, my grandpa. I had see. I had a Ford Falcon when I was nice. real little. That was we, we lived out in the woods. Like like we weren't that rich, but we had an an old Ford Falcon in the backyard. It was just our jungle gym. So that was my <laughs> ship. I had a Falcon. You had a Falcon. Ford. It was just no tires, no motor, just sitting in the backyard. And that was our jungle gym. And that was it. You had a jungle gym. You had, you had your own Falcon already. So you were non-solo. Yeah, well, they, and, and, go ahead. If you watch the solo movie, that car he's racing at the beginning, the dash, I remember specifically what a Ford Falcon instrument panel. It looks very similar to a Ford Falcon instrument panel. The Ford Falcon had round tail lights. Ours were missing. We used to use them as a foothold to climb onto the roof. <laughs> We've tried this at home, kids. Um, well, in the ma- in the making of Solo, didn't they talk about how they wanted to make a Solo sh- ship look like one of those yeah. 70s cars? Yeah, they wanted to look like a they wanted it to look like a Ford Falcon or something. There was something they wanted it. They wanted the Ford to be representative of Harrison Ford. And that's okay. why they picked the Ford Falcon, Harrison Ford. So I don't know if that was after the fact or before the fact. But I, when I saw that, it reminded me of my 65 Ford Falcon jungle gym when I was a kid. 
That's awesome. Which I think eventually got buried, so it's probably still there. Still on the property somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and, so Zoe, your oh, last answer. My last answer. Um, see, it's I don't know if it's as practical and widely applicable, but I really like Hunter's vibro knife in the Bad Batch, and he pulls it out, and it's like, it's like, I just think that's so cool. And I know they have like bigger versions of like I know there's vibro axes and stuff, but just the knife is just awesome. So or I even in Mandalorian when when he when Mando and uh Filoni's character are fighting each other and they both have the vibro mm-hmm. knives and they're both yeah. about to stab each other. Well, yeah, he pulls it out of the mud horn. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Well when he killed the mud horn, he kills it with yeah. that and then he yeah. pulls it out. Yeah. But yeah, like even in that you can see it vibrating. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so they're really cool. Um, that's a good choice. I like that. Yeah, and it's also, you know, um, sleek and, and easily, you can hide it easily. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So Tom, it's up to you. You got the last answer. So originally my answer was the DL 44, but I felt that was very uncivilized. So <laughs> I, I figured, you know, if, what, what would I think is the coolest weapon? And to me, the coolest weapon is the Magna Guard Electro Staff, the ones that um, Grievous Bodyguards use. Those things are pretty damn cool. Um, the, when they when they twist them and they spin them, um, they're like a lightsaber, and they have its really unique sound. That's that sounds really cool, and it doesn't sound like a lightsaber, but it it sounds similar, but it's unique from a lightsaber. So. I just thought they were really neat. And, and I like the fact that you can use them if you were getting a battle with someone that has a lightsaber. You can actually, it kind of works, like, I guess, like Beskar, or I, I don't know how that all works, but the lightsaber can't penetrate through that weapon. Right. Um, and the ends kind of w- work like a lightsaber. So I just, I thought the Electro Staff was, was, was pretty neat. Yeah, that's a good answer as well. Well, I think we all had great answers tonight. I think all all four answers for all four questions were were awesome. Even though, like I said, mine are the best, but you guys, you guys, can have close, it's a tie for a close second for all three of you. So I'll give you that. Um, all right, so that's that's it. We wrapped up our show. Before we go, I like to say kind of like, um, what's the uh, uh, on uh, we eat? What's the I say it every time, Tom, and I forget it right now. My mind has just gone blank. Um, the food, the the wing show where they whatever it doesn't matter, but it's it's, <laughs> it's a waste of. I have, I have no idea what he's talking about. Is it hot ones? Is that what you mean? Yes, yeah, thank you. Hot ones, one <laughs> hot ones. They always say at the end, "This is your time." Look into that camera, that camera, that camera. Mike, go ahead first. You can look into all the cameras that you have there. Plug away. Tell us all about yourself one last time. Okay, uh, my name is Mike Hinton. You can follow me on Mike Hinton on Facebook if you're old. Um, Hinton, um, Star Wars family on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Uh, every Wednesday night, I do a live podcast with uh, Ken and John called The Inflatable Falcon. Um, we are not well scripted, and this, this, it's not as professional as this, but we do blab on about Star Wars every week. Um, and I also help Zoe with her show, uh, Star Wars Geek Girl. Um, and if you see any 501st people in Pennsylvania, I could be one of the stormtroopers. So awesome. And, uh, that's oh, it. Okay. 
Uh, Zoe, you got all the cameras are all on you now, Zoe. So go ahead, to plug away everything you want to say about yourself. Uh, well, you can find Star Wars Geek Girl podcast on your preferred podcast platform. We're on a semi-hiatus because of some family tragedy the Paralyses are dealing with. Um, so keep them in your Sorry. thoughts. Yes. Um, but our website is StarWarsGeekGirl.com. Uh, and we're also on Twitter at, at SWGeekGirl. And our Facebook page is Star Wars Geek Girl. And if you're looking for just me personally, uh, you can find my Instagram and TikTok are at Spectre underscore five. Five written out, not just the number. And I'm on Twitter as at Zoeka, A-H-Z-O-E-K-A. And Just check her Twitter. out on our Star Wars stories. Yeah. Yes, and I'm on our Star Wars stories. Um, does Twitter exist still? Whatever. Oh, Whatever. X. 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 Yeah, but no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of if even X is still there. <laughs> X's yeah, I mean, you know what's funny? Anytime anybody says uh, X, they have to follow it by formerly known as Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, no one on. knows. I think X everybody is. knows that X is is Twitter. But that was such a bad marketing thing by Elon because you had it, it had its own language. Like it was tweet, like everything. You know, mm-hmm. I think. Oh no, it's not that anymore. It's now X, and you can't say send me it. Check out my check out my X. It, it's like yeah. what? <laughs> you have an X? It doesn't make any sense. Um, well, awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, we're real fast. I'm going to plug the rest of our shows here on the ears up network. We have ears up, ears up in depth, uh, scraping the vault, the Supreme resort and puny pod, which those guys talk about Marvel. So if you're like Mike and get beat up for liking every single thing possible, that doesn't, that is cool. Uh, you'll check out the Marvel guys and get beat up over there as well. Um, so once again, Mike, thank you so much. Zoe, thank you so much. You guys were great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, Thanks for coming thank on the show. Um, yeah. Now, before we sign off, Rob has tasked me with coming up with an uh, an end slogan for our show. Um, our the end slogan of your other show is um, "Go ahead, Rob. You can tell them we have spoken. We have we spoken. spoken." So, I I can't copy that one. So I've come up with a few that I need your help in deciding <laughs> which one we should go with. All right. All right. So here here are the choices. Thanks for listening to the Around the Dejark Table, where you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. There's one. I like that. It's time to abandon ship. Thanks for listening to Around the Dejark Table. That's fun. Well, don't get all mushy on me. May the force be with you. Thanks for listening to Around the Dejark Table. We're we're the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. (laughs) Around the Dejark table, everything you've heard about us is true. That's a Lando quote. Oh, I like that one, yeah. Around the Dejark table, this is what a reckoning sounds like. That's uh, all I got. I like, I like the first one and the Lando one. Those two were good. I like yeah, the first I, so, one a lot. I think that was my favorite. So I would thanks say, for listening to Around the Dejark table, where you never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I like that one. Or, you know, thanks for listening. And always remember, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> that's good. That's a good oh, one. That's, a good, that's one. a good one. I like that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hopefully well, just steal, hopefully I'm stealing just, that from another podcast. <laughs> just rotate them. Yeah, we should. All right. So uh, for this one, since Mike came up with it, we'll use Mike's tonight, and then uh, yeah, everybody have to listen to see which ones we use next time. So uh, thanks for listening to Around the Dejark Table, and don't forget, always let the Wookie win. <laughs>